At Baker's, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum restrictions may apply. Subject to availability. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Hello, and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show, featuring Jason Zook. In uncertain times, we must change our focus and priorities. This show will highlight social justice issues with the goal of expanding minds and increasing unity, love, and mutual respect for ourselves and our planet. We support the Black Lives Matter movement, Our show aspires to promote social spirituality, which simply means that by coming together, we can solve any of our problems, including the goal of bringing an end to all forms of hate, discrimination, bias, or oppression. We must protect our environment, reform our criminal justice system, and protect every citizen from police brutality. When we come together, it becomes possible to bridge the gaps that plague our society and divide us from within. We the people means everyone. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show. This is Jason Zook. It's with great pleasure that I have special guest, Dr. Susan Shunsky, author and spiritual teacher on our show today. Dr. Shunsky's a spiritual teacher, very well-renowned as an author, Uh, We're going to discuss her two books today, The Big Book of Chakras and Third Eye Meditations. Dr. Chomsky dedicates her life to helping people take command of their lives in highly effective, powerful, and positive ways. She's the best-selling author of 17 books in English, published by Simon & Schuster, Randon, House Penguin, Red Wheel, New Page, and Skyhorse. And her books appear in 34 foreign languages. She's won 31 prestigious books awards and... Dr. Shumsky is a pioneer in the human potential field. She's taught meditation, prayer, affirmation, and intuition to thousands worldwide for decades. She's a highly respected spiritual teacher, award-winning author, and founder of Divine Revelation, proven technology for contacting the divine presence, hearing and testing the inner voice, and receiving clear divine guidance. For over two decades, her mentor was Maharashi Mahesh Yogi founder of Transcendental Meditation and guru of the Beatles. She served on Maharashi's personal staff for six years. Her websites are www.drsusan.org and www.divinetravels.com. It's with great pleasure I welcome Dr. Shumsky to the show. Welcome to the show, Dr. Shumsky. Oh, I'm thrilled to be here with you today, Jason. Thank you. Thank you. I, you know, anytime I come across somebody who's dedicated their life and their career to doing this type of work and this type of uh, sacrifice, spiritual sacrifice in life to help others and, and elevate. I just, it's such a highly respected sought after thing. And I, I'm so, I'm so pleased to have you on the show to share your experiences and your knowledge with our audience today. Oh, I'm, I'm excited too. <clears throat> Let me ask you this, just in terms of start of our interview, I'd like to ask you, how did you start your spiritual path to do what you do? Well, it was the sixties. I was a hippie. 
I was a flower child and I was living in the San Francisco Bay Area. And those of us who were flower children, you know, people think that it was all about sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And that was part of it. But really, our main focus was to experience altered states of consciousness. We wanted to reach nirvana. And our gurus at that time were Timothy Leary and Richard Alpert, who later became Ram Das. And they told us in their book called The Psychedelic Experience, they told us that we need to turn on, tune in, and drop out. So that's what we were trying to do. And that book was based upon the Tibetan Book of the Dead. And we were trying to achieve this altered state that they promised. So we were taking psychedelic drugs like LSD and marijuana in order to try to achieve these states of consciousness. Well, it didn't work out too well for me, but uh, I still really wanted to experience nirvana. I, I actually ended up having a hor horrific psychotic episode from taking LSD. But I still wanted to reach nirvana. So I was reading the Buddhist scriptures. I was reading Autobiography of a Yogi by Paramahansa Yogananda. I was reading The Way of Zen by Alan Watt and other works by Alan Watt. And in his books, he said that you have to find a meditation guide. Well, Jason, in 1966 in Berkeley, California, you didn't exactly go to the yellow pages and look up a meditation guide or anything remotely similar. So I asked a roommate, how do I find this meditation guide? And he said, well, have you ever tried to meditate on your own? I said, okay, well, I'll give it a shot. So I lay down on my bed. That's how clueless I was, Jason. I didn't even know that you're supposed to sit up when you meditate. I lay on my bed and sort of prayed for or asked for a meditation. And immediately I was propelled into this ecstatic state. I felt this cord or rush of energy rushing from the tips of my toes all the way to the top of my head. I felt like I was plugged into this cosmic electric socket, but in a most ecstatic way and without any stimulants or drugs or anything. So I figured, well, I guess that's meditation. Little did I know that not only had I had my first meditation experience, but also Kundalini awakening all at the same time without any drugs or anything. Let me follow up with you about that, because that's something that I know is very commonplace as a term, a kundalini, kundalini awakening. Can you explain what that is to our audience in case they're just tuning into this for the first time and aren't really familiar what that is? Well, kundalini is a, a special kind of life force energy. Um, it all starts with prana, really. I think I have to explain prana before I can explain kundalini. Um, but prana is the life force energy. It is what keeps you alive. In the ancient scriptures of, of the Upanishads of India, it is said that when prana is in the body, that is what is defined as life. And when prana leaves the body, that is what is defined as death. And prana uh, in, in India, in Sanskrit, is called prana. In China, it's called chi. Japan, it's called ki. But it's all, all the same thing, life force energy. And the life force energy is in a subtle body, it's in one of our subtle energy sheaths. It's a subtle body that pervades, permeates, and surrounds the physical. Prana is flowing through this particular body 
in specific pathways or conduits that are called nadi, N-A-D-I, nadi. In China, they call them meridian. I think most people are more familiar with the Chinese terms of qi and meridian and so forth. So prana is flowing through the subtle body. And when many of these pranic pathways called nadi, when many of these intersect, they form what's called chakra. Chakra means wheel. It, it, it's a wheel uh, in Sanskrit. The word chakra is wheel. It's a wheel because it has a hub of life force energy. And then the spokes are like radiations of life force energy. And the chakra and the nadi and the prana, the prana that's flowing through, that's what's keeping you alive. Um, it gives you motion. It gives your body motion. It gives your body heat. It keeps you upright. Prana keeps you going. It is life. It is life itself. So there's a particular type of pranic energy called kundalini. Kundal means curled up, curled up energy. It's curled up. It's likened to, they call it the serpent power because a serpent will curl up um, when it's sleeping. And kundalini in average individuals, it's asleep. And it's sleeping in something called kunda bulb, which is below the root chakra. Uh, just below the root chakra. So it is in the tailbone area of the physical body. But remember, these are subtle energies. And if you were to dissect a corpse, you would not find prana, nadi, meridian, um, chakra. You wouldn't find any of these things if you dissected a corpse because it's not in your gross physical body. It's in your subtle body, yet it is keeping you alive. So that kundalini energy is curled up but you can awaken it through specific spiritual practices. You can awaken kundalini, and then it will flow up through a specific nadi called sushumna nadi. And that goes through the central canal of your spinal column all the way up from your tailbone to the top of your head. And that's kundalini going up your spine. And people do have experiences sometimes of rushing energies or fire or something going up the spine, which is kundalini awakening. What I think is really interesting about what you just went into, and I really appreciate it. I, I love the fact that you started out on a simple path in California, wanting to know what it was like to meditate and wanting to know how to connect with your spiritual side. And then you ultimately wound up on this amazing journey in your background. Um, can you just, without getting into too much detail there, but just share with our audience a little about your work with Maharashi Mahesh Yogi and your experiences there? Because I, I don't know many people that have those kind of experiences to share just as a, a background. I think it must obviously exactly, led a lot yeah. to your spiritual development. As well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so after I had that first meditation experience, a friend took me to the Transcendental Meditation Center in Berkeley, California, which was um, a really nice building there. Um, one of those old Berkeley-style buildings with um, beam ceilings and you know, kind of Tudor style. In any case, um, 
I went to the building. Uh, there was no meditation teacher there. It was just a building, basically, <laughs> and an office. Um, and uh, they didn't have a teacher. But I saw the picture of Maharishi on the wall. And it's like his eyes were beaming with this spiritual energy. And I just felt this wave of bliss going over me as I looked into his eyes from this picture. And as soon as I saw that, I just had the feeling I knew that this is where I would learn real meditation. And that's what I'm looking for. I was looking for real meditation, not some drug-induced something. I wanted to really learn how to meditate. So I found, I found that there would be a teacher coming at some point. I had to wait nine months, actually, until the summer of love, 1967, which I think is quite appropriate. That's when I was initiated into transcendental meditation on August 7th, I believe it was. And um, after that, I never looked back. I actually immediately I had such amazing experiences with meditation. I wanted to volunteer. I volunteered at the center. I became a what's called a meditation checker. I, um, is that just on a side note, I checked Donovan's meditation. He, he stumbled into the center one day and I checked his meditation. So, uh, <laughs> there I was, uh, involved with transcendental meditation. I actually ended up going to India to study with Maharishi, to Rishikesh, India in 1970. And uh, I ended up being on his personal staff for six years in Europe. And I ended up living wow. in his various ashrams throughout the world for over two decades. What was that like for you, coming from California and then leading into such a unique direction? How was that? I felt from right at home. Experience. I loved. I loved being in the ashram. I felt right at home being with Maharishi. I was very devoted to him. I was very devoted to transcendental meditation. So for me, I fit right in, and I was on the staff for a very long time. As a result, I would do whatever it is that I was asked to do. Mainly, I worked in the finance department. I also worked in art because I'm an artist. I worked in the design department. I also worked in housing. In fact, I managed a huge hotel in Interlochen, Switzerland, this incredibly fancy giant hotel called the Victoria Jungfrau Hotel. It's an amazing place. And I managed the hotel. I did all kinds of jobs in the ashram, but that wasn't really what was important. What was important was the experience of hanging around Maharishi. And we were all competing to get close to him. In fact, there was a lot of backbiting and a lot of competition going on to see who could get into his room and who could spend the most time with him because that's what we wanted. We wanted to be near him because being in his presence was being bathed in bliss. We could feel these waves of bliss and energy just flowing over our being when, whenever we get, got close to him. So the closer we could get to him, the better. So we were all trying to do that, and it was an incredibly intense emotional roller coaster from heaven to hell and heaven and hell and back. And I wrote an entire book about it. I wrote my memoir, which is called Maharishi and Me, Seeking Enlightenment with the Beatles Guru. That particular book has already won 13 book awards. Congratulations. <laughs> That's Thank amazing, you. you know, that you, that you had that in your back. I mean, it sounds like you've lived a very interesting life already. And uh, yeah. 
that's that's just <laughs> something that's that's phenomenal. Can I ask you this? In terms of what you, when you learned transcendental consciousness and transcendental meditation, what was it that you found was unique about studying that as compared to what we now know as meditative states or, you know, different types of meditation that exist now? How does it differ? Well, there are many different forms of meditation. When Maharishi Mahesh Yogi first arrived on the shores of America in 1959, there was no meditation. There was no mantra. There was no yoga. None of these terms existed in America. Within 10 years, with a little help from his friends, the Beatles, Maharishis and all those terms, mantra, yoga, meditation, they all became household words. So he was really an incredible pioneer. It's not that there weren't others before him. There was Vivekananda, there was Yogananda, and so on. But Maharishi is who really popularized meditation in the West. Now meditation is, well, for 10 to 14% of the population of America claims that they meditate. So they're doing some form of meditation, but not necessarily transcendental meditation. That is a particular brand, it's a particular trademarked name, transcendental meditation. is not generic. It is the form of meditation that Maharishi taught, which involves a mantra. A mantra is a Sanskrit word or group of words that you either chant or you repeat in your mind that takes you deep into a meditative state. And transcendental meditation is very powerful. It really works. And I often recommend people to learn that form of meditation because it's easy for anyone to do. And it really helps to reduce stress and hypertension and helps you to relax and become quiet and really be able to get into a meditative state. Um, I taught transcendental meditation until probably 1989, but then I started teaching another form of meditation that I liked better that I write about in my books, and that is called Divine Revelation. My first book, published by Simon & Schuster, is called Divine Revelation. What do you think makes meditation so popular today as compared to like 30 or 40 years ago? You know, all of the people who've taught meditation and, and all the people who came from India to teach meditation in the West. I'm so grateful to them that they came to enlighten the Western world. And as I said, when Maharishi first came, there was, that didn't exist. But I think the reason why it's become so popular is because because people are starting to realize the value of it and how important it is for health and happiness and well-being Before I learned meditation, I had never really experienced happiness. When I went to my first meditation retreat is when I first experienced something I had never experienced before, and that was happiness. You know, that's that's an important way of of really looking at it. Happiness is within ourselves, and meditation can help you with that by removing the obstacles, I guess, the physical world prevents you from having the mindfulness, I think. At least that's my personal opinion. I haven't, you know, but do you have an opinion about that? Utilizing meditation to achieve a higher version of happiness within yourself by Mm -hmm. going inward spiritually? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, people walk around on the planet and all the time their senses are directed outward to things in the world, seeing, hearing, tasting, smelling, feeling, and experiencing the world. And people seek happiness in that direction. They're looking for happiness. They're looking to acquire things that they think are going to make them happy, whether that be physical things or whether that be people or relationships or money or status, or whatever it is that people think are going to make them happy. But those things are never going to make anyone happy. Uh, you may, may feel happy for a day or a week or <laughs> maybe even a, a month <laughs> or a year. But the reality is that if you want permanent happiness, you have to turn your attention 180 degrees away from the outer world and into the inner world. When you turn your attention within then you can actually experience the transcendental awareness or the beingness or the higher self or nirvana, satori, whatever you want to call it in whatever language, experience that supreme contentment, peace, deep relaxation, wholeness, oneness, bliss, ecstasy that is within and it isn't in the external world. It is only found in the treasure trove that is at the center of your being, in your own higher self, in your own unbounded, unlimited, infinite awareness, which is wholeness and oneness, and which is the divine presence. Have you noticed, because of the pandemic we're dealing with and everything else that's going on in our world right now, have you seen an increase in requests from you to lead meditation through groups or have you noticed that society seems like it's starving for this kind of healing right now this healing exercise and energy because i think it's probably one of the most important things we could adapt and utilize to help people kind of work through these challenging times that we have i think today more than ever now with the pandemic going on we need meditation and intuition more than ever. Uh, no longer can we rely upon external things. Now we have to rely upon ourselves. And the pandemic is kind of like a forced meditation. Everyone going, going home, staying home, finding things to do at home. Uh, their relationships are being challenged. Uh, and question every relationship because we're forced to stay home with our families now. Mm -hmm. uh, all of these things are causing um, introspection and also causing anxiety in many people. And uh, yes, I mean, I have gotten a lot of requests to do virtual and virtual this, virtual that, of course, because people want education they want information on these kinds of things but it's important for us to realize that meditation is really uh, I, I i hesitate to say this but it's like a cure-all or a panacea for all ills because when you go deep within uh you heal yourself you heal your body you heal your emotions you heal your mind and in, you realize your spirit. So it's a very, very powerful thing to do. I wrote a book. It's called 
Third Eye Meditations, which came out earlier this year. And that book is fantastic because it's a book of guided meditations, affirmations, and mantras that you can do. All you need to do is just read the meditations or even better, record the meditations on a device in your own voice. Then all you have to do is just play back the meditation that you've recorded in your own voice and that will lead you step by step into deep meditation because in that book guided meditations are the type of meditations that are in that book so uh, that's the kind of meditation that does not require any skill any practice any uh, particular technique or anything you just follow the instructions it's so easy and I think it's something that anyone would really love to do during a time when we really need to get rid of stress, get rid of anxiety about what's going to happen in our future. There's so many economic question marks around us. Or how are we going to survive? How are we going to pay the rent? How are we even going to get our next meal? These are questions that people are asking now because of the devastation of the economy as a result of COVID-19. Correct. I want to ask you this, the third eye. Tell our audience a little about the third eye and why you decided to focus on that for your meditation for the recent third eye meditation book that you released. Well, I focused on third eye meditations because that's what my publisher asked me to write. <laughs> Frankly, okay. that's why that particular book came out. Uh, I had done already a book called Awaken Your Third Eye, which is a fantastic book. Um, my books have won a lot of book awards. I have 18 books in print in English, and I have won 40 total book awards, and I have 36 foreign editions. But I have to brag about Awaken Your Divine Intuition because that's a really good book for learning how to develop uh, intuition. I'm sorry, Awaken Your Third Eye. I also have a book called Awaken Your uh, Divine Intuition. But Awaken Your Third Eye is a book I wanted to mention which helps you to develop your third eye. Um, what is the third eye? Okay, so we have um, 14 chakras that I go into great detail about in my book called The Big Book of Chakras. And those seven major chakras, seven of the major chakras are the root chakra, the pelvic chakra, the navel chakra, the heart chakra, the throat chakra, the third eye chakra, and the crown chakra. So the third eye chakra is right in the center of your head in the area of the pineal gland. It extends to your forehead, and it also extends to the back of your head. So the third eye is the center of illumination. It is the center of uh, Subtle sensory perception, super sensory perception, whatever you want to call it, it would be clairvoyance, meaning clear seeing, clairaudience, meaning clear hearing, clairsentience, meaning clear feeling. So these are the powers that you use as a medium, for example, uh, being able to see things and to communicate with things that are hidden from view that we're not seeing with our physical eyes, our two physical eyes, which see the beautiful world around us. But with the third eye, we can see things that are hidden from view with what we call the sixth sense, 
which is beyond seeing, hearing, tasting, smelling, and feeling. So that third eye chakra, which is called Agya chakra, that is the center of intuition. It's very interesting that each of our seven major chakras is corresponds with a day of the week and also a planet. And the third eye chakra is uh, corresponds with uh, the Thursday is the day of the week, and it corresponds with the planet Jupiter. The planet Jupiter in Sanskrit, the Sanskrit name for the planet Jupiter is Guru, interestingly enough. So the Guru, the inner Guru, is in your third eye. And that is your inner teacher. It is your intuition. It is your insight. It's where you can receive wisdom, healing, inspiration, teachings, guidance, inner guidance. And that comes from the third eye chakra. I could see where those would intersect like that. And it's very important, especially for one's intuitive development, that they pay attention to the third eye when they meditate. And you would see that as well, right? In terms of spiritual development, if you were to focus on developing your third eye chakra and making sure it's healthy and balanced and no blockages, that could help someone become more intuitive and have more introspective abilities within themselves. Well, that's one way, but I think there's an easier way. And I'll tell you what I think that is. Uh, Simply sit down in a chair, close your eyes, take a few deep breaths. That's what I suggest. And when I say deep breaths, I'm not talking about, quote, unquote, watching your breathing. That's not what that is. It's really taking a, a few deep breaths, which actually relaxes you and takes you deep into a meditative state. And while you're at it, you might call upon a divine being to help you to go into that meditative state. I would recommend calling upon that divine being by name, whether that is a deity, an angel, an archangel, or whoever it is you wish to call upon that you feel comfortable with, whether that's Jesus or Hashem or Archangel Michael or Babaji or Saint Germain or whoever it is you feel like calling upon, call upon them by name and ask for their help to take you deeper into the meditative state. And then when you're feeling relaxed and quiet in that meditative state, and by the way, I'm not talking about blanking your mind or trying to control your mind or trying to get rid of thoughts or anything like that. I'm just talking about getting relaxed and being quiet and feeling centered within yourself. Once you're in that centered state, then do something that, people generally don't do during meditation, especially not during deep meditation. And that is to ask, ask a question, ask for guidance, ask for inspiration, ask a specific question, maybe a problem you have in your life, ask for guidance about a particular problem or difficulty or challenge that you're going through, or ask for inspiration about a creative project you're working on. In any case, ask for something. And then take another big deep breath and then do what I call the do nothing program. That means do nothing, nothing, and less than nothing. And then in that quiet state where you are neutral, you're not seeking, searching, concentrating, you're not putting effort into anything. You're just in that neutral frame of mind and you're open to receive. 
And in that neutral state, in that state of what I call the do nothing program, the answer will occur to you. It will come to you. And I'm sure since you're a medium, you, uh, you have this experience all the time. It just comes to you. You either see, hear, or feel the answer. And that is what is called intuition. And if you practice that, anyone who's listening here, if you practice that every day, if you do what I just said and practice that day by day, you will develop intuition because intuition is a learnable and teachable skill. It's like any other skill in the, in the world. It's like playing the piano. It's like learning a new language. When you want to learn something new, it takes practice. And by the way, when you're playing the piano, people don't want to hear you practicing when you're first learning. It doesn't sound very melodious. But then when you get really skilled at it, everyone wants to hear you. Similarly with intuition, practice, practice, That's... practice. And by the way, don't be afraid to make a mistake because you're going to make mistakes at first. Mistakes will come, but you'll get better and better at it. And pretty soon you'll find you're as, ex as psychic as Jason is. <laughs> you know what's interesting? When you brought up the breathing exercise, that's how I started to ground myself when I do readings on, on call now, on demand. Before I did it professionally, I never, exactly. once I say professionally, I mean, I book readings with people, but I don't really do it as my mainstay. But I uh, take three deep breaths, I ground myself, I dull out one of my senses. And what you just described is basically the kind of stuff that I've been practicing myself for a while. So that's really cool the way you just brought that into, you know, description for part of your answer. I really appreciate that. I, uh, yeah. I want to ask you this. Yeah. In terms of, guided meditation you kind of did that just now in a very good way leading our audience into the into the parameters of one of your guided meditations well, yeah yeah and i like that and i wanted to ask you do you do those usually during an interview or do you do them at set times or how often in the day do you do like meditations for yourself i would be more than happy to do a little meditation during our interview today and how often do great. I meditate? I meditate, I meditate every day for a little while, but I don't meditate as I used to with transcendental meditation, which is way back in the 1960s and 70s and 80s, where we used to meditate in the 60s. We used to meditate like anywhere from five to 20 hours a day uh, because we were, it was, it was more than just meditation back then. It was transforming the planet. We were trying to raise the vibration of the planet. And because of that, it was like taking a scythe and cutting through the jungle. So we had to meditate long hours back then in order to increase the vibration of the planet. But now the, the planetary vibration is so high compared to 50 years ago. It's not, there's no comparison, really. And so now the vibration is so high in the planet that people really... Somebody who is learning to meditate, it might take them quite a, quite a bit and might be difficult for them 50 years ago. Now people learn in just a few minutes. It's very easy because the veil between the worlds is thin. And by the way, especially through COVID, it's completely different. It's even the veil has become even more thin because of people um, on lockdown. It's just there's more silence right. and quietude on the planet. So the veil is much, much thinner now. I was going to say, I'd love to have you do a guided meditation for us if you'd like to, especially for our audience. I think everyone could benefit from that. I'm always about meditation and giving people an opportunity right. to 
acquire that. Since you have that skill set, I'd love to have you share that with us. All right. You want to, shall I start now? Sure. <laughs> all right. So let's get all get comfortable in our chairs. Get really comfortable. Not sitting in the middle of the floor without back support. Sit comfortably with back support. Not rigid. Not as though you have to be like a, a stick or something like that. Be comfortable. Most important thing about meditation is comfort. So let's take a big deep breath to unite with each other. Breathe in. Let it all go. Let's take a big deep breath of divine love. Breathe in. Let it all go. Let's take a big deep breath of relaxation. Breathe in. And release. Let's take a big deep breath. Unite with spirit. Breathe in. And let it all go. Give up. Give up. Let it go. Give up. Give up. Give up. Allow. Allow. Release. And be at peace. It's okay to give up. Within a few minutes, you'll be back. Your ego can just rest for a few minutes. Just let it go. Take another big deep breath. Breathe in. Let go, let go, let go, let go, let go, let go, let God. Take another big deep breath. Breathe in. Let it go deeper, 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 deeper into the wells of spirit, into the silence of being. Let us now call upon the Holy Spirit to take us deep, deep, deep within into meditation. Let us allow the heart rate to become quiet, the breath rate to become quiet, the whole body to settle down to deep relaxation and peace. Let us turn our attention within to the body, away from the outer world and into the inner world. As we just notice various parts of our body becoming relaxed and still, the forehead is relaxing and becoming still and the neck is becoming loose and relaxed. The shoulders are now dropping, becoming very relaxed, the arms, the upper arms, lower arms, the hands and fingers are relaxing. The chest is just letting go and dropping, the stomach just dropping. The back is becoming so loose and very relaxed. And the buttocks and pelvic area becoming relaxed. The thighs, the knees, the legs, the feet, the toes, the hands, the fingers, all becoming relaxed. The eyebrows, the space between the eyebrows is relaxing. The cheeks are relaxing. The jaw is now relaxed. The whole body is relaxed. Let's take a big deep breath. Breathe in. 
the whole body is now deeply relaxed and at peace. And we go even deeper now, taking another deep breath. Breathe in. As we now allow the mind to become quiet and still, just like a still pond without a ripple, the mind is quiet and still and relaxed and at peace. As we go deep within, into the center of our being, and we now take another deep breath to go deeper. Breathe in. And we now go even deeper to the level of the subconscious mind, deep, quiet, and still, just like the water at the bottom of the ocean, very quiet, very still, very relaxed. As we take another big, deep breath, breathe in. And let it go as we become very, very still, very relaxed, very deep in meditation. And we now just walk through the seeming veil or seeming gate or seeming road, whatever has separated us from our own divine nature, from our own higher self. We just walk through that. Just walk through that veil now and open to the divine presence, open to our higher self, open to that radiant beingness that is within us, open to our inner divinity. Let us allow ourselves to be immersed in divine light, which is streaming into our being. Allow that light to fill and surround, permeate, saturate our being to encompass us, that beauteous divine light of whatever color it is that we experience is just vibrating and radiating within us and around us and purifying us. And we call upon St. Germain to bring forth a violet cleansing, purifying flame that is within our hearts, which is growing and glowing and filling and surrounding our entire being including our body and our energy field around us. And now we call forth the Holy Spirit to fill us with divine love. Divine love is now filling and surrounding us, and we are now just bathing. We are swathed with divine love. We are filled, surrounded, permeated, and saturated with divine love right now. We are bathing in an ocean of divine love and we are being cleansed in that ocean. Divine love is cleansing and healing and lifting us now into absolute divine consciousness, into the purity of God's love and light, into the grace and the blessedness of divinity, into divine spirit, which is now filling us with such joy such energy, such grace, such beauty, such power. We are filled and surrounded with the energy of divinity right here, right now. And that energy is bliss, consciousness. That energy is ecstasy. It is light. It is power. It is glory. It is freedom. It is fulfillment. And we experience that right here, right now. We live in this radiant glory which is our true divine nature, 
our true divine self, and we are at peace. And we, th- we now thank God for this beautiful experience of our higher self. We give gratitude to God, and we're going to come forth from this meditation, but keep your eyes closed until I tell you to open them. In order to come forth from the meditation, since we are very deep, what we need to do is pretend that we're blowing out a candle like this. So let's all do that together. As we come forth from the level of spirit to the level of the mind, knowing that our minds have been transformed, lifted, and healed permanently by this meditation, we have been lifted and cleansed and Our minds are now united with the divine mind, and we are receiving continually divine revelations. Let's blow out another candle. Coming forth now to the level of body, knowing that our bodies are now filled with robust energy, robust health, filled with well-being, filled with balance and wholeness and perfect health. And also, if it is our desire for ascension, our bodies are being transformed into light bodies, bodies of pure light. And now we blow out another candle to come forth now to the level of the uh, environment, but keeping your eyes closed, noticing the environment around us, noticing the temperature in the room, maybe air circulating in the room, noticing our feet on the floor, noticing our bodies on the chair, just feeling our being in our bodies and feeling the environment around us. And now we blow out another candle, knowing that we are coming all the way out, keeping your eyes closed until I tell you to open them, but knowing that we are coming all the way back to inward and outward balance. So now what I'd like you to do is blow out four four more candles come all the way out to inward and outward balance and then open your eyes. Then with eyes wide open, please, with eyes wide open, please repeat after me this affirmation. I am alert. I'm alert. I am very alert. I'm very alert. I am awake. I am awake. I'm very awake. I'm very awake. I am inwardly and outwardly balanced. I am inwardly and outwardly balanced. I am in control. I am in control. I am the only authority in my life. I am the only authority in my life. I am divinely protected by the light of my being. I am divinely protected by the light of my being. Thank you, God, and so it is. Thank you, God, and so it is. <laughs> that was now great. we're back. <laughs> good. You know what I like about this, this experience just now? I've had other people on in the past, and I've been to meditations, and I, I really like in terms of your your depth, of how far down you go, how deep w- deeply within you journey. I feel like I just did a deep yeah. journey within myself spiritually. And coming from someone like myself, I'm not an expert on meditation, but I do it quite frequently, I will tell you that that was a higher quality meditative experience than what I've had in the past. So thank you for sharing that with our audience. <laughs> and You're welcome. <laughs> I think that was about 10 minutes, right? Or 12 minutes. I'm not sure. That was about perfect. Yeah, that was about perfect. I, I will say 
I, I think that our audience could benefit from more of those on a daily basis, just in light of everything mm-hmm. that we're, we're, we're experiencing right now. And I think that the healing energy of that is so profound. Like I felt very, I, I mean, the mantras at the end are very positive, of course, but the healing energy from the experience of just taking that, that 12 minutes and focusing inward, it really is transformative. So I can see the benefits of what you're, you're doing in terms of, of your guided exercises. I, um, yeah, meditation. Meditation works, and it's very powerful. And, uh, yeah, I would suggest that people do look at the into this book. Third Eye Meditations is the name of the book that's just filled with these kinds of guided meditations, the whole book. Thank you. In terms of the guided meditations that you do, are they different themed guided meditations, or how, are they, how yes. do they differ from one another? Yes, absolutely. For example, here... I'm just opening up the appendix of um, Third Eye Meditations, and I'll just read you the different meditations that are covered in the book. So um, I'm not going to read you every meditation, but I'll read you the titles of the chapters so you'll see all the different things that are covered. So open the doorway to infinite consciousness, open the doorway to guided meditation, open the doorway to divine love and light, uh, and then to forgiveness and gratitude, to inner strength and protection, to inner peace and contentment, to meaningful relationships, to a purposeful, authentic life, to health and energy, to meaningful abundance, to real power and true success, to uh, universal love, to ecological balance, to world peace, to intuition and wisdom, to wholeness and oneness, to spiritual lifting, and finally, the last chapter, open the doorway to ascension. That's great. So all those topics are covered in this little book, which is a short little book of only 191 pages. Short book. And a small book. Very small. Let's let's get into your big book of chakras, because I know we're running a little low on time, and I want to make sure we cover both books. Okay. Can you tell us a little about what motivated you to big book of chakras? Well, funnily enough, it was 2003, and my my, uh, publisher at the time said, we want you to do a book on chakras. And I said, okay, I'll do a book on chakras. I don't really want to, but I'll do it anyway. <laughs> so I went back to the ancient <laughs> scriptures of India to find the most authentic information I could find on the subject. So I did. I found these amazing ancient scriptures. And I was amazed and I was thrilled and I got really excited that I was going to be writing a book on this topic because it was so esoteric and it was so about as above, so below. And it was so. Uh, with so so many synchronicities and, and serendipities, and I, it was just so amazing what I discovered about the chakras, which was not in any other book that had been written. But that's because I went back to the ancient scriptures. And then I wrote a book called Exploring Chakras, which later became the book, another edition became The Power of Chakras. And now the latest edition is called The Big Book of Chakras and Chakra Healing. So that's the book that came out at the end of last year. And it's an encyclopedia of the chakras. In this book, you're going to find everything you ever wanted to know about chakras. You'll also find everything you never wanted to know about chakras because it covers <laughs> everything. And it covers the 14 major chakras that are talked about in the ancient scriptures of India and how that ties into your energy system, how that ties into the Sanskrit alphabet, how the Sanskrit alphabet ties into the creation of the universe, how all of that 
ties into the creation of your own universe, your own individual spirit, and how the bindu point or the the um, the singularity, uh, how that ties into all of it. I mean, it is just packed full. And I don't want people to be intimidated by the fact that it is based on the ancient scriptures of India, because it starts out very, very simple, step by step, and becomes more complex as you go. But in the beginning, it's very easy, and you just learn step by step. And there's a lot of exercises in it. There's a lot of illustrations in it. It's a very heavily illustrated book. I'm an artist, so I did tons of tons of illustrations for the book, and I did all the charts and graphics. So it is, like I said, it's an encyclopedia of the chakras. Uh, that's phenomenal. I want to also ask you about Divine Revelation, if you could tell our audience about that and your involvement with it. Well, the, yeah, Divine Revelation is the method of meditation that I teach. It is taught in my book. It's taught in the book Divine Revelation. It's also taught in a book called Awaken Your Divine Intuition. And um, so I, the book Awaken Your Divine Re- uh, Intuition is written like a seminar, step-by-step, to teach you how to practice this method, which is... Really, I led you into it. We just did it <laughs> in a few minutes. We did a shortened version, yeah. shortened, very, very, very shortened version of it. You do go much deeper into it when you actually practice the method. But it really works. I really like it. I gave up transcendental meditation for it because I was having a more heartfelt experiences with it. It is more like bhakti yoga rather than raja yoga. Uh, which is transcendental meditation is really basically Raja yoga, but um, divine revelation is more like bhakti yoga, which means devotional devotion, devotion to spirit. Let me ask you this. You also do travel stuff. Can you tell yes, our audience I have a little a about travel, that? I know not. Go ahead. I have a travel company. We're not traveling at the moment, obviously because of COVID-19, but yeah. we do have these amazing holistic seminars at sea we're going to start again our first ones in may of next year by then there should be a something there better be something for covid or everyone's going to go broke so there better be something by may of next year so we're doing um all these beautiful holistic seminars at sea with wonderful that particular one has amazing mediums on it like uh, lisa williams and dugall frazier radley valentine denise lynn uh, amazing spiritual teachers are going to be on that. I'm, I do holistic cruises. I also do some holistic tours as well. And we have several cruises that are scheduled for next year, 2021. So all you need to do is go to divinetravels.com. That's, and um, you know, on that page, you'll be taken to, you can scroll and find the various cruises that we'll be doing. Thank you for coming on today. And, and once again, if anyone wants to look up your information, do you, should I direct them to your site, www.drsusan.org? Uh, drsusan.org, yeah. That would be the website okay. where you can see my name, find my books. You know, they're all hard to spell. So I, I definitely thank you for coming on the show and sharing your gifts with us today. And, and thank you for all your success. And congratulations on your new, your new books, Third Eye Meditations and the big book of Chakras and Chakra Healing. 
Well, thanks for inviting me, Jason. I've loved, loved, loved this interview. I think you're a fantastic host. And it's been Thank a great you. honor to be on your show. And I'll say this to you. It's been an honor for me to have you on, and I've enjoyed sharing in this experience with you and and i I know our audience is going to really appreciate this episode so thank you and and when you come when you come out with new stuff i know you come out with new content all the time if you want to come on our show and share with our audience i'd love to keep an open door for you as well well thank you Uh, my next book uh, is called earth energy meditations it'll be coming out on january 1st keep us in mind i would love to have you on the feature in fact you can (laughs) pre-order it Thank you so much. <laughs> Appreciate thank you. you. Have a good day. I just want to thank Dr. Shumsky for coming on the show today and sharing her insight. I mean, what an interesting background on, on a guest. Having served in so many decades uh, to contribute to this stuff, it's just amazing to have somebody with such a wealth of background and exposure to such great things from being mentored by Maharashi Mahesh Yogi the founder of Transcendental Meditation and Guru of the Beatles, to having your own practice and being the author of 34 books in foreign languages, winning all these 31 prestigious book awards, just being somebody who really has a high quality of, I would just say, life and, and, and dedicating herself in such a way. We all need to be more meditative, more mindful, more grounded. And I believe that Dr. Shumsky is definitely providing us with the tools to grow within ourselves. So check out Dr. Shumsky's site, www.drsusan.org, www.susanshumsky.com, www.divinetravels.com. She's also on Twitter. Susan Shumsky is her handle. Uh, as well as on Facebook, Susan Shumsky. So check her out. I, I'm, I'm just so pleased to have her on today and, and having her share terms of her experience and just working with us. And anyone in our audience who has any questions about trying to improve their meditation, listen to this episode again. Check out the guided meditation that we had today. Utilize it. I wouldn't recommend using it when you're driving or operating a motor vehicle or anything like that in terms of having tuning out for a while, do it where you're in a safe place. But definitely the more you can meditate, the better your ability to balance and get grounded will be over time. If you'd like to reach out to me via email, it's info at the letter D, socialpsychicradio.com. The website is www.thelettersocialpsychicradio.com as well. Feel free to reach out to me. I'm happy to receive any information from you and look forward to providing more episodes in the future. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Social Psychic Radio Show. Don't forget to join us for another episode next time. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes. You can also check us out on Facebook, and don't forget to visit the Social Psychic YouTube channel. Until next time, it's a big world out there. Keep an open mind. Embrace your paradigms and know that the universe is always yours to explore. Are you looking for that perfect gift to express your appreciation for your loved one or bestie? Well, look no further. Royal Susie offers one-of-a-kind designs with genuine high-quality crystals, stones and the most precious of metals. 
that are guaranteed to satisfy the urges of your inner king or queen. Each piece is handcrafted with love and is sure to inspire and captivate all. Indulge yourself by visiting Royal Susie's website at www.royalsusie.com for splendid items like agate bookends, impressively crystal-studded bottle stoppers, and beautifully handcrafted nightlights that will charm every room in your home. Royal Susie's featured collections will truly delight your guests and always make them feel welcome. Any questions? Contact Royal Susie directly by email at royalsusiedesigns at yahoo.com. At Baker's, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum restrictions may apply. Subject to availability. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Miles, are you ready to record our promo for Season 2 of the Wanna Bet Podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that Season 2 starts August 18th. But I like Airplane. I know you do, but Wanna Bet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. So no more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric Acid. Hey there, I'm DC. I host the Rock Podcast. Back to the arena, the interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock fan like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, the Interviews. Electric Acid. Electric Acid. 